Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John meets a pizza delivering robot and wears house shoes to climb Everest. Meanwhile, I keep my shoes on way too long and tell the story of the time Picasso was accused of stealing the Mona Lisa. Plus, a conversation about why fulfillment is so elusive and why it's easier to be creative while at play than while under pressure. Today's episode is not sponsored by Procrastination. We'll come up with a catchy slogan first thing tomorrow. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Kick back, relax, Johnny. Take a load off as talk about that. It's another day just riding the train to Bantertown. Kick your shoes off. Yeah. Did you ever Did watch you... Andy Griffith show? Sure. Remember the one, one of my favorite ones is uh, when the guy comes in and he's getting his car repaired and it's on like the Sunday and he can't get anything done, you know? Yeah. And it's like, Barney, Barney's like, uh, well, they, well, just their pace. Like they go to the front porch. Right. Andy's smoking a cigarette. They're rocking, you know. He's like, Andy's smoking? Oh, he smoked on a lot of the shows. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's before cigarettes were, you know, such yeah. a thing. And so like literally Barney's like, um, you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to go take a nap. He has one other thing. It's something like, go take a nap, brush my hair, and go to Thelma Lou's, watch some TV. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. And he sits there and does that. He says, yeah. take it. He goes through, he keeps going through, and the guy, the city guy's like, for God's sake, like, go take the go right. to Thelma Lou's. Yeah. Anyway, that's Just, the kind of pace you can expect. It's a here. contemplative yeah. yeah, contemplating doing things without doing them. I do a lot of that. Yeah. I do a lot of lists, and then when I start thinking about all the things on the list, I'm like, this is overwhelming. <laughs> I'm going to sit down. I should make a list for, wait. Yeah, yeah, a list of lists. I do have a list of lists in my Evernote. Nice. It's a lot. I uh, I live off of lists a lot. But you check them off. That's, You're a productive person. Johnny, productive is a strong word. What I was going to ask you about shoes, though, is did you – you definitely didn't live in a shoes-off household, right? No. Do you go to these people's houses? We slept in shoes in my house. Interesting. Was- <laughs> That's bad for you. 
<laughs> just right under the sheets. It just rotted off our feet. That's horrifying. <laughs> I wear my shoes uh, a lot inside, even now as an adult. Like when I get home, I'll later on, I'll be like, I'll have my feet up on the autumn. I realize like I'm in my own home and I have my tennis shoes on. Yeah. I still call them tennis shoes because oh, I'm I do 82. <laughs> I don't play tennis. <laughs> They're sneakers. I still have my sneakers on. And I'm like, huh, this is weird. Curry yeah. like is into her pajamas within 45 seconds of being home from eating out. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Like she'll go, she'll disappear to the back room and I'll go, huh, I guess she's going to the bathroom. She comes out. She's wearing a completely different outfit. And it's a t-shirt that's eight sizes too big. It's awesome. Just these horrible pink, holy pants. And I'm just like, this is, she's like, yeah, put, on, put on the show. That's me. As soon as we get home, I, I generally go. I'm still in what we were, what I was wearing. I sat now, sat down on the couch. I have my sneakers on still. And I'm just like, no, I'm just going to sit here and. I put basketball shorts on. I have house shoes. Oh, okay. Uh, my mother-in-law got them for me for Christmas. And they are, um, they're North Face house shoes. Yeah. And they're extremely, like, they're real poofy looking on the outside. North Face, like the kind of house shoes you would climb Watch Everest climb in. climb a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> when you're at base camp, it's what you wear. Right, right. <laughs> you, go, you get to fit that hey, in your pack. You tell your Sherpa, I got you a pair of these too. <laughs> so, pretty exciting. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But yeah, uh, my buddy Dusty Slay, he has a bit about that. Like, if you ever go to somebody's house and they're like, uh, we need you to take your shoes off, you're like, no, it's okay. I'm just going to go on home. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take my shoes off. Yeah, never been a shoes off. I was always conscious of foot odor when I was a teenager, too. I was like, if my feet stink, I'm going to... Because I played basketball eight hours a day. My feet did stink, I'm sure. It's not too late to remain conscious. That's what I mean, like... (laughs) You don't just want to be like, you know, here you go. Because, you know, even if your feet don't stink, the shoes. Right. Where are they going? Into a mudroom somewhere? Into a quarantined area? Yeah. A sequestered spot? Yeah. You hope. Yeah. Hope it's in a friggin' diaper genie. <laughs> but. <laughs> shoe diaper genie. A shoe genie. It is funny that you call them tennis shoes. Yeah. Because as a kid, I don't think I knew that it was, we said it so often and so Southern. Yeah. I didn't know it was tennis Shoes. It was just like tennis shoes. Tennis shoes. Like T N A. T N A or ten. Yeah. Tennis just, shoes. Tennis shoes. What are those? And then you figure out. Oh, those yeah. are tennis shoes. They're five each. Ten. Yeah. Does anyone? I wonder if Northerners have the same sort of like uh-huh. wondering what their words actually are. They do. You know what's funny? When you go to Wisconsin, so I know a couple of comics who literally their entire brand is around. Being a Wisconsinite, yeah. it's a very distinct culture, kind of like Southern yes, culture. Yes, yes, it is. Wisconsin has its own very distinct things, and Scott uh, Gillis, if he's listening, he'll back me up on this. But there's a guy named Charlie Barons who became famous uh, on this series of videos called, oh, I'm going to mess it up, the Manitowoc Minute. Okay. So, Manitowoc County. Yeah. Uh, and so, he would do this really thick Wisconsin accent, which he has one, but it's not that thick. He would right. pour it on, just like I would pour on the Southern accent. Right. And he would do basically the news in that accent. And you just start realizing some of these words. And then he would talk about it. So now he does a stand-up act. He became a very popular stand-up comedian. Yeah. And kind of leveraged it. And, and slowly the character kind of faded away. And he'll do that character as part of the show. Uh-huh. But it didn't overtake the show. He's been very uh, good at kind of transitioning with his audience uh, into just more, more traditional stand-up. But 
he his last hour that he put on YouTube was a lot of those words. And one of them that I had no idea and I never would have gotten, they call a water fountain a bubbler. What? And that's America. This is wow. an American city, American a state. Bubbler. They say, oh, with the bubbler. Or no, they wouldn't say bubbler. <laughs> They'd say the, the bubbler. The bubbler. There you go. They, uh, it's got a E. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So they have bubbler. They uh, say, what is their one? A time machine, which is their TYME. That's their ATMs because that's their banking network, I think. They T-Y-M-E. call them time machines? Well, it's because it's a time machine. TYME is their banking network. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, It stands for something. A time machine. I'd have to look it up. So they go, I got to go to the time machine, draw out some. Wow. Yeah. Makes me think you're drawing money from the future or something. You are. Which, that's what a credit card you is. You kind of are. You're yeah. stealing from yourself. It's oh. money you can't spend again. So. This episode brought to you Won't by... Won't that preach? <laughs> Time machine. I was asking you today about, at lunch, about, um, does Sadie have recess? Yeah. Because it's interesting to me. I can't remember when we stopped having recess. I think we should have recess as adults. I, I guess we do. We don't call Some it that. We call it jobs a recess. <laughs> Thanks, John. No, we call it like bowling night or Netflix or whatever. It's right. technically our recess, but that's really like we're done with work. I don't know what you would. There's never a point in your work day though that you're like, you know what? Like people get a 15 minute break, I guess. So, because when I was at Home Depot, you get a 15 minute break. They yeah. call you back to your register. Oh, they'd be like, Johnny, back to the register, and I'd be like, oh boy, I'm in trouble. Wow. I've been gone 17 minutes of my oh. 15 minute break I'm in the break room. I don't think I'd want to be timed. Like that on yeah. things, but time. school is timed. It's recess. Yeah, uh, I did my time there. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. want to be timed anymore. I think it's a good spin to put on. Like as an adult, we're headed to a recession. That's just really that's a recess. That's a recess. That's just. A, <laughs> I hope we're not headed to a recession. We but, uh, <laughs> reminds me. What's it? <laughs> what are you looking at stocks now? I, I, Speaking of which, I need to juggle my portfolio real if, quick. If the market was tanking today or not. Um, um, it's not. It's kind of even right now. But, See, uh, there you go. It's a although we although you just started a scare now. I know. I apologize. That's how these things we have happen. such we have such <laughs> such a hold on the market. There was a movement. But just a one word for me. The if S&P I say moved if I points. say recession in a dumb joke about how it should be a recess. <laughs> <sighs> I think she had recess in middle school still. Yeah, but they would often use it as punishment to oh, take they, take it away. Oh, you know okay. what? We're not having recess. And okay. I'm like, you know, you shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Like, that's like. That's like if somebody's in solitary confinement, you take their one hour in the yard away. Yeah. Like, that's all they have. Right. Don't do it. And the, I mean, it's but just then like that. But then you'd be like, don't commit the crime. Is that what you're going to. You're really tough on crime. I've I'm noticed. very tough on crime. Everyone knows my time as a district attorney. Yes. I mean, I made a reputation for you myself. You had a startling record. Oh, my goodness. Just, I never lost a case. No. Never won. No, but, never won one either. But never tried one. But no. it's fine. Never settled. No. <laughs> uh, never passed the bar. Some. <laughs> I was thinking about that too. We were talking. In, we were talking about school. Like you said, Sadie's taking culinary class and she's just coming alive. And I was like, Yeah, hello. You're making something in school. <laughs> like they, they instead of giving you a book, they go, Let me show you how to chop and caramelize this onion. You're like, I am so on board. This is the greatest day of my life. You know? Yeah. It's like when there was a. I remember when I was in school. And one day your teacher would be like, we're going to have class outside today under this tree. And right. you'd be like, you're the greatest teacher. <laughs> but I think if he did it every day, you'd be like, you does think? he really work here? Right. 
Like, is that guy, he doesn't have a classroom. <laughs> you know? It's, a, it's a once in a while kind of a thing. You're sitting out here in the snow. Like, yeah. Yeah, this is. Nobody, that'd he's be a just weird trying day to, to hide it. out from the principal. Yeah, he's on the lam. <laughs> he stopped to teach a class. <laughs> yeah. That's a weird story. I don't it's know. It's a how. perfect crime. It is. Really? Yeah. He still wants to mold minds uh, while he runs from the police. Wow. You know what else molds our mind, Johnny? What's that? Ads. They do. They do. Whether we want it or not. So uh, let's take a moment to hear from a few of our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. That's a strong way to pitch it. I, I hope it doesn't really mold your mind. Per <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah. Came, in, came in hot with that. <laughs> you just we got to segue out of what you give me. You know, I so. know, you're right. Got to make a. Yo, Do Sadie, people still buy segways? Um, they have the hoverboards. Yeah, and but I've not seen like a two handle Segway. I see people with two renting wheels. them. I saw somebody on the other day. I don't know where we were, but they were like they were tourists. Doing. Yeah, interesting. That was like the big like it was going to revolutionize travel. Yeah, people like walking. Get out of here with walking. <laughs> it was good time. Have you seen uh, the robots? On college campuses that deliver your food? I have not. Okay, so I, I can't tell all this story, but I was... Uh, Wait, what do you mean you can't tell it all? Is this classified? Is this robot? I said too much. <laughs> I can't tell. Are can, you a robot, John? I don't want to say who I was you with. You know what? If I found out you were a robot, it would explain a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, that tracks. So I'm, I'm uh, at the University of Tennessee, and I'm riding around with somebody mm-hmm. really cool. On a robot. And he's kind of showing me around some new campus stuff that they're yeah. building. And then I look over, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what is that? He's like, oh, yeah. And it is a little, I mean, probably two-foot-high robot. Yeah. And it's got like three wheels on each side that can move up and down, almost like a- All-terrain kind of a deal. Yeah. Can get and out of a jam if it needs to. It just, that's what delivers your pizza or your taco now. And it just finds its way. And it's, I saw a it, Domino's pizza commercial where they were deploying some of these delivery vehicles. If you get one of these, don't be surprised. And it just kind of pulls up to somebody's house. And I was like, that would terrify but me. But this is unmanned. Like it's, yeah, it's that's like, what this was, too. Oh, okay. Like, it's just coming up. It just climbs up the sidewalk. But somebody had to put the pizza in it, right? I don't think. I think it makes the pizza, too. Oh, on its no, way. It's, it's got an oven. <laughs> well, it, be is some? War- it is warmed. Huh. Yeah, it's keeping the food warm. That would be a way to ensure like delivery times. You'd be like, I'm making it on the way. Yeah. But it was just like, how is this not getting just... Of course, it wasn't in the... There wasn't a lot of students on campus. It was yeah. like in the summer. But still... How's it not getting like hijacked? Or run or over like a... Or spray painted or yeah, whatever. Like students are... Like you know it's going to happen. Right. Now you're going to have some extra rule about... If anyone vandalizes a robot... <laughs> right, the robots get more like, rights than humans. <laughs> Stop harassing the robots. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's students being hazed and bullied. <laughs> Something's got to be done. They get their own union. The robots have their own student they start union. start their own fraternity. <laughs> it's true. What would be the name of the robot fraternity, Johnny? Huh. This is your time to shine. No, I can't. Three, two. <laughs> and go. Joke. That's funny. No, but yeah, it's interesting. Like, 
uh, I wonder where it's all headed, though, because I don't know. I'm not one of those people that's like just afraid of technology because, you know, we've been lulled into a false sense of security by our robot overlords. But <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not an alarmist. I'm just saying. is this good pizza? Be honest with me. <laughs> that's the thing. You give people good pizza. It'll win them over. That's right. a way to win over a college student. You're like, these robots are coming to. Oh, this is good. This Chris. is good. Yeah. Wow. This is unbelievable. It's still fresh. Robots like, call me Lord. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sheesh. Get me another pizza. I, I don't know. So you don't, you don't have like a, like Amazon was doing this with drones or was, ta- was talking yeah. about it. Where yeah. like drones were going to just drop off your package from the air. Yeah. And then I think it didn't, did it happen? Is it happening? I think there have been Like some- if drones show up at your house, it's generally... You would think you'd be apprehensive. You'd be like, "Is this a Ruby Ridge situation?" I don't know if I because drones. Know. You think of drones. You think of either like a kid in your neighborhood that's goofing off, right. or you think of the military, right? Or Amazon. I guess now I mean, Amazon, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm just saying. I will say this: Don't send a drone to my house. I would say that I don't have anything to shoot it down with. Though. The drone would have. I'm helpless against the drone. The drone, we have to just put like a landing pad at our house for it. Like, here, stop and take That's a break. Because you're going to be here every day as it is. Yeah. There's the Amazon is real. You need like an actual Apache helicopter to deliver. Right. And a real, like, to unload all this. Yeah. <laughs> it's too, it's overweight. <laughs> mom listens. So this is going out to you, mom. But we need to, she makes Walmart orders. Uh, yeah. Mobile orders. And so the other day, we needed some coffee cups, like, disposable. Okay. So I was like, hey, if you're making an order, add some disposable coffee cups. Okay. So then she says, hey, don't be alarmed. But for some reason on Walmart.com, you could get like 50 coffee cups for like $18 mm-hmm. or 150 for $17. It was cheaper. She, was she like, found a glitch. So I don't know what happened. So I ordered it. Well, I don't know what happened either, but I'm pretty certain that that order has shown up twice. We're getting boxes of coffee cups now that I'm stacking in the closet. Are you getting charged? I don't think so. Well, we got it twice. I think it only. I think you're it was not re- re- you don't feel she, you don't got, feel an obligation to return some of these coffee. You cups You usually there? can't return, Pastor those. John. You, you can't return those kinds of things. They won't take it. So I'm going to ask mom. I haven't had her. Mom, this is me asking you because I know I've been I feel very like busy. you need to give some of these to like the homeless shelter or something. I'd be happy to. Um, you know, I did think, by the way, that'd be a, a cool. We were we were at a, a tournament in, which I'm not trying to give away my blessing here. Sorry, but we were at a tournament in Montgomery, uh-huh. and it was like freezing rain, kind of cold one night. Yeah. And we were kind of walking from the hotel to the whatever, and there was a an unhoused individual there who said hi, or you know, I don't think he really asked me for anything, and he just we just kind of talked a second. And my hotel was right there, mm-hmm. and I knew they had hot coffee right inside, and I thought. You know how great it would be <laughs> if you were cold, you know. And so yeah. I went and got him a coffee, but I thought, but I had to sneak because I thought, right? What if they I have... might get in trouble for bringing out the hotel coffee? And it just it, it had me thinking about a lot. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in my own neighborhood or anything, you know. So I don't yeah. know how things work, but it just made me think a lot about those ways because you know, local businesses you know, are, are interacting daily in their own community. So it's easy for us to, you know, swing in and say, this is how things should be. But right. um, it was just an interesting, interesting idea when you said that, get the coffee cups to, to the whole Just do something. Just I know. Hoard, just sit there just and hoard, hoard them. them. I know. I, I, how many coffee cups can you really use, John? 
I think that they're going to make me fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? Right. The third box will do it. Right. That's when I'll know I finally arrived at wholeness. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that I picked that. That's the thing. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a big boxes, though. There's a lot of coffee cups in my house. There's a speech that Jim Carrey made years ago at the Golden Globes, and he started it. It's very fascinating because it keeps panning to the crowd. Denzel Washington and other famous people are laughing at it. It's got this weird, like, knowing smirk that comes across their faces as he's talking. And he says, I'll, I'll butcher it, but he basically starts it by saying, like, I am two-time Golden Globe award-winning actor Jim Carrey. That's right. And one day, I hope to be three-time Golden Globe award-winning actor Jim Carrey. And when I go home, I don't just dream like normal people. I'm two-time Golden Globe award winner Jim Carrey getting some well-needed shut-eye. And he just does this whole thing, and they're all laughing, and he goes... But one day I hope to be three time because then maybe I'll be enough. And it's just, and he's smiling the whole time. Wow. It's just such a great like lesson. And yeah. what's funny about that is that was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And he's retiring from acting. Like he announced really? it. He announced it last week that he's done. He's like, I'm, I have a great life. I have a full life and I just don't want to be in the public eye anymore. And he's pretty young. But he's just what, he's just kind of out of the he's 50, like fifty five maybe he just realizes like oh this could ne- this was never built to satisfy me yeah and he's had he's had issues with mental illness too that he's treating but it's that thing of like I really I've seen interviews with him where I'm like I think he's kind of figuring something out interesting and that interview was such an interesting like viewpoint into that yeah. you know like oh yeah he kind of gets like this is all BS right. I'm a guy who has achieved the thing that you think you want. Right. And it'll never be enough. And it's just so funny the way he did it, though, in such a funny, like, smiling way. Yeah. We, we, the word idol, you know, gets, it's hard. It's hard to know what to do with it. We talked about that last week, I think. Yeah. But, like, it really is amazing what we require of things or experiences, but we don't know that we do it. Mm-hmm. And when you do, I mean, think about how many times you've seen somebody else achieve something. And you, I don't know what, I don't know what it is about humanity. I think I know now more. Yeah. But I, I really do assume that that person has a different level of fulfillment. And, yeah. It's easy to talk yourself. Like, you know, logically you go, no, I, I know that these things can't satisfy. But then you go, that person really seems satisfied. <laughs> With this thing, you know? <laughs> right? You just you're seeing their highlight reel. You can't you can't know. Yeah, and there are people that are happy, and that's not what I mean. I don't mean contentment. Sure. I just mean like this idea that it can be this all consuming thing that like does it for you, and you'll never need anything ever again. Like we're just not built for that. And uh, but it's easy to see it in other people or go like this guy that wrote this self help book. He figured it out. Yes. You know, those in particular really get to me. It's disillusioning, honestly, when you get to the other side of it, because I've worked with a ton of those people mm-hmm. and you see some kind of some of their picadillos and some of their idiosyncrasies. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, they're dealing, too. And then now you just kind of second guess all of it. You're just like, oh, this is just a person who wrote a book. And they found like one thing. They found an aspect of the truth that they can like market. Right. And that's OK. There's nothing wrong with it. And they probably are helping people. But this idea that like one thing can do it, you know, 
I found one aspect. If you want a whole yeah. uh, a healthy marriage, do these five things <sighs> that worked for me, and they will just be like, we'll put it in your marriage, and it'll, it'll you know, just populate for you. Yeah. It drives me crazy when I'm working with publishers on titling books. Yeah. Because you really are always kind of going, the secret, mm-hmm. the one thing, the, and, and just like. The secret was the big one, right? Yeah. It literally was like, here's the secret. Yeah. <laughs> if you can say the secret to something, it's like. Yeah. And to say that this isn't. I can't in- believe it hadn't been taken before <laughs> when that book, you know, came out. I'm sure that it wasn't the secret a lot about manifest destiny kind of stuff. Like it was really a name it claim it, wasn't it? Like I, vision board didn't vision know. board culture come from that a lot? Like the I, th- I mean I'm I'm speaking out of turn because I really haven't read it, but I just know like I would see people reference it on Doctor Phil and yeah. a lot of Oprah and kind of shows. And then I even knew some entertainers who go the secret was it for me because I really started visualizing myself on those stages. Yeah, and it took away my nerves, and I could see myself playing Carnegie Hall, and then a year later I played Carnegie Hall, and you're like. Okay. Yeah. But you're also really talented. <laughs> <laughs> right. If, if I start seeing myself playing yeah. Carnegie Hall, it's, yeah. not, it's still not going to happen. But surely somebody had said, like, I think the secret, they were like, you'll get sued by 10 people who already had that idea. Like, the secret? That's like, yeah. I don't know. You, well, you can't, you don't generally trademark book titles. Oh, okay. And if you differentiate your subtitle. Oh, right. You can get away with there's it. There's lots of ways around it. Or you can, you know, but it's, it's one of those. You go and look and see. What, what We do it all the time. Yeah. Oh, here's some book ideas, title ideas. And you go and look. If there's a book out there, how successful was it? Have you ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of this author? Go look at how many reviews it got, which I hate that. So now I'm doing this quantification comparison thing that I don't want to do, but I have to do in order to help pick this you know, right. or chime in on what I think the title or subtitle should be. In general, I think titles and subtitles now with publishers, I've noticed they want it to be as generic and to the point as it possibly can. They want you to say exactly yeah. the biggest, t- what I like. Because they're get- thinking about uh, search engines. Right. It's all about searchable. They're now. not thinking about like it grabbing you at the airport. They're thinking about a search engine being able to find yep. it in the top page of results. Yep. Which is so, bu- it's such a bummer, right? It feels like a bummer. Like we had, I'm not going to say what it was. We had one on the team the other day on the book I'm on now and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with the title. Yeah. But it, it is as, it is as, and I told one of the authors like it is very much let's nah this is awful to a guy who wants to be creative with the title it doesn't feel very creative you yeah know? but that's okay sometimes my creative titles keep people's books from doing well because yeah they're like it's, i think they're you got to trust the experts on those things you're trying to paint a picture with eight words instead of like let me just get you with the four word title and then i'll paint the picture in the fifty thousand words yeah it's hard to I want to say the title so bad. Don't do it. But it's not out there yet. You you haven't even told me what you can't tell me about the robot yet. (laughs) It's like the biggest tease, like, I can't tell it all, but there was a robot. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he had secrets, but what's going on with the... What do you know, John? The robot knows he's watching. (laughs) What do you know? That's great. Sheesh. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know how to escape that except a daily escape. Yeah. As far as like looking for... The thing that other people might, because like you say, when we see it, we know, okay, well, that person still has to go home and they have fights and they have struggles and they have things, but it's very easy to be like, I bet that person has it figured out. I used to think that about, about preachers, camp speakers as a kid, Mm -hmm. 
you know, we'd be out on the road, evangelists, those kinds of things. Because they're so – here's the thing, because I'm a words person, and they were so good at words right. and so convincing. Mm-hmm. And they usually weren't sharing vulnerable things, right? Yeah. So it was the, it was the lack of it, the absence of it mm-hmm. created the assumption. They're like above culture talking about culture down right. on it. They're not in culture right. a lot of times. They're yep. speaking as like a critic. Yeah. And though the, the assumption you make is is that they've conquered yeah. that. That's not a struggle for them. And that, that's never been true. Um, I just think, I remember going through recovery, 12-step recovery, one of the biggest like ahas mm-hmm. that was really hard for me to write. It was, you know, you write your own stuff a lot out of those processes was the life I have today mm-hmm. is the one God has given me. Or say it like this, the life I have today is the one that God wants me to have. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean I don't have choices or things, but like, it's very offensive because I'm so dreamy in the future, you know? I'm so, if when I get there, I'm going to be. When I get there, I'm going to be, yeah. you know? And I don't think there's anything wrong with reaching forward, but to go th- today, yeah, this is the one, this is the gift, you know, this is the prize. Yeah. Um, if that's true, then what? Mm-hmm. How then shall we live, right? I mean, if, if that's the case. You've been given a recess, John. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Rest in it. It's hard. I do th- I do find myself because, like, you you kind of struggle with, like, an achievement issue, like, needing to achieve to feel value. I struggle with, like, uh, I probably rest too much. I'm like, well, if I really wanted to make some great things, I could go make them. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like I was a B, I was an A and B student without trying, right? Because I had a good memory and I had a good concept for like, especially history and world events and things like that. I could figure it how to how to put them in my mind like a story, and I could go over notes the night before a test and vomit it back out the next day onto a paper, and I'm good. I can make my A's and B's. And so I never really applied myself in school. So my comedy career is the first time I've ever really applied myself to like a goal and I'm more ambitious than I ever have been, but I'm still not ambitious to the point where it's like, we're going to dominate the world through jokes. Yeah. Like I don't wake up like Kevin Hart every day and be like, how can I get 26 hours in this 24 hour day? Yeah. I just don't think that way. I want to enjoy my life. And I think there's got to be a balance in there, but I think I wrestle sometimes with like, I saw this quote and it, it, it was interesting to me. It said people, um, people overestimate, something they can do in a week the things they can do in a week and they underestimate what they can get done in a year yeah so like i'm that way where i'm like if, if i have a, a year away if somebody says hey you're gonna have uh we're gonna invite you back uh, in 12 months you'll have a new hour you're like sure you're like yeah i mean i can see myself having three hours right in a year and then but i'll think well that that person will have it together <laughs> right you know, this, I've been idealizing this version of myself. Yeah. But I think when it, when the rubber meets the road, I, I'll find myself like being very deadline oriented. Like I've got a week to get this new mm. thing done, or I've got a week to get this house ready for company or whatever it is. But if you just maintain something, or if you're trying to lose weight, when I was, when I was big in weight loss journey, like I'd be like, I've got to lose, you know, I got a high school reunion coming up. I got to lose 50 pounds in two weeks <laughs> and get my life together, you right. know? But like, it's easy. you could lose fifty pounds in a year, but you don't ever think of it that way. You right. don't, you don't, 
you know, just I'll just do this. I won't eat desserts. I won't eat fried foods for a year. I'll lose 50 pounds. Yeah. But you're just trying to like wait till it's two weeks away to like freak out. So sometimes we just don't put our goals in the right context, I think. I, we're different in that way. Yeah, I'll look ahead. Yeah. I'll go. Oh. But you'll make plans as you look ahead. I'll, I'll look ahead with like dread. Yeah, I'll use it as motivation. Yeah. If I know I'm, if so, I don't get asked to speak outside. But you're, you're not a real. Life. You're not a real procrastinator like I am, though. I'm saying like procrastinators are weird because I dread the deadline, but I also have this like idealized version of my future self that right. makes me procrastinate because I'm like, well, that person in the future right. is successful and has it together. Yeah, I don't know why I can combine those two things. Interesting. Like I have a little bit of dread and angst about my future self. But it doesn't necessarily – it's not the best coach. It's not the best motivator. Do you know, you talk about with uh, Sadie's volleyball team, like you have to learn to coach kids differently. Yeah. Like some kids you can yell at and it'll bring the best out. Some kids it'll they'll call and curl into a ball. Right. And I think if I was the kind of coach to myself that just yelled at my – well, just pull it together. Right. It doesn't work. Yep. That dread doesn't work as a motivator. What motivates me is play. Interesting. Like I was writing with some friends the other day. And we had just came off of a show where we did a lot of new material, and the new material really landed. Yeah. And now we're and now uh, my buddy Brian followed up with me, and he was like, "Let's have lunch." Well, we go into that with this sense of like sandbox, and we have the sand in the box now because mm-hmm. we had the stuff that was kind of working. Yeah. And now we start just building the bits, and it felt so organic. Yeah. And now, if we just started from nothing, and you just said, "Here's a box, put some sand in it," it would it would intimidate me. Sure. But once we were coming off that show, for whatever reason, that day, I was like, it felt so fertile yeah. and so good. And since that, even since that day, I've written five or six new things wow. coming off of that energy. So, but if I was to come in and be like, you got to have new material, get it. Right. Never works. No. It's like, I feel like, you know, the angry stepdad yelling at myself, you know? Yeah. A blank whiteboard is not a good spot some for some people it does though they just go you've got to get in there and will it you don't leave until you come up with five new ideas or whatever listen i was a disciplined songwriter early on in college even though we were so busy i would write a song a week at least kind of thing yeah and there is a downside to being proficient uh-huh. in creativity because most of those songs sucked hmm. i mean like you know you just can't so like assembly line anything, machine. Anything that that ever. I mean, maybe out of the 150 songs I wrote, there might be three mm-hmm. that'll be worthwhile to listen to as a aside. It still would not even make you know what what real songwriters do. But those three would be all probably moments I was inspired. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like, and not just thinking through the next thing. I mean, I, I'm a pretty inspired guy. I think. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm I remember we had a mutual friend. Liz, who told me one time, it, it was almost like, I don't know if it was meant as a compliment at the time, <laughs> but I thought about it over the years. She was like, every time that I talk to you, there's something new changing your life. Yeah. You know, like, almost like she was overwhelmed by it. If uh-huh. you always got, let me tell you about that, you know, and some of that I think is the, you know, the, the study side of things. That's my five part or my five wing. Yeah. You know, information, information. And so I apply that to spiritual things. Then I, I do. And I have to back off of that some like, hey, all of the spiritual growth in my life does not come through information. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not all going to come through, through reading or, or finding the right words. Or just believing everything you read. Right. Which, might, what, what is it? What Enneagram is that? The people who like they take all sides of every issue. 
a nine would be most likely. So to they're see, more likely. They're going to see all sides. Yeah. So they're more likely to be influenced by recency bias, right? I'm not sure. I mean, it, it, everyone's so different, you know. You're um, like, but on the other hand, but on the other hand, you're like, oh, yeah. Well, in six, I do that too. Yeah. I do that. Sixes I'm a devil's that. advocate guy all the time. Yeah. And I think that I'm a little bit of a contrarian too. So if like everybody is talking about, we got to get this guy. What's wrong with this guy? I'm like. Well, leave him alone. Yeah, I'm like, right. I want to figure out, like, what's this guy's story? Why is everybody so mad? Yeah. You know, sometimes, I don't know. Yeah, I'm very suspicious of, of the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If the whole crowd believes something, I'm like, mm. In the same way, if a whole crowd loves somebody, I'm yeah. like, where's his glitch? I start I, getting suspicious. That does bug me when I have friends that, just because, again, like back to Hamilton, I love Hamilton, and so does most of America. But yeah. I had friends. Mm-hmm. Because most of America loves it, they're not even going to give it a chance. Like, yeah. I just don't, I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is different. Right. Then, but yeah, but one of them the other day, <laughs> I won't say who it is, but they're like, well, I don't want to hear a bunch of white people writing rap. And I said, this is the most diverse. Yeah. Like, this is Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like, this is not, the, you don't even know what this is about, right? Like, this is yeah. literally about diversity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't know that. I was like, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> so, but anyway. Sheesh. Um, yeah. No, I'm I'm on board. I did. T- it took me a long time to see it, but uh, and I definitely experienced some of that where it was like, okay, this is the new hot thing. I got to go do it. But I mean, I was looking forward to to seeing it. Yeah. When it came to town, and I would, I really enjoyed it. It's great. Yeah. It's really great. Uh, and and I went. Not a sponsor. No. Hamilton, not a sponsor. But that'd be. Wouldn't that be something? something? Be weird because yeah. it's already successful. They, they may not need our help. Yeah. It's 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 unlikely. We need their help. <laughs> We need your help, listeners. Go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com, mm. where you can find all our archived episodes and uh, enjoy the... Oh, there's a uh, support the show button. There's oh. even a chat button that will send us an email if you want us to talk about certain things. People, You know what people love, John, about our show? What's that? Is that we go into the past sometimes. You know, I have we, heard that. It's important to learn from your past, yeah. or you're condemned to repeat it. Oh. Just like uh, some people with uh, eighth grade uh, world studies. And uh, so this this week we're going to do that. Uh, it's the same week I'll talk about then. Chip, world studies, social studies. What did you call? What was your history class called? Social studies. Did y'all have social studies? What year? I don't know. Is that a thing? Is it yeah, going yeah. to different years? They call yeah, it different, different things. Yeah. yeah. Social yeah, studies is junior high, right? Yeah, you could. Yeah, but you could have Tennessee history, world history, geography. It all kind of falls under social studies. Yeah. yeah. This week, John. Mm. 1911, the Mona Lisa was stolen. Leonardo da Vinci's famous painting is stolen from the Louvre in Paris. Uh, the fa- Louvre. It's spelled like Favre a little bit. It's got that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's how you can imagine Favre became Favre. Yeah. But that would be Louvre then, if it was really, never mind. The famous artist Pablo Picasso was implicated in the theft, was, but was eventually exonerated. Did you know this? No. He was eventually exonerated. I didn't know this either. Picasso so he was, was implicated. He was in the implicated, theft. but eventually exonerated. The thief turned out to be Louvre employee Vincenzo Perugia. That I guy. knew it every time. I mean, who stole the painting by entering the building during regular hours, hiding in a broom closet, and then walking out with the painting hidden under his coat. The theft was—it's not very big. That's the other thing about the Mona Lisa. People don't realize. So yeah. you could hide it under a coat. You could hide it under a bushel. Oh if you no. Will. The theft was not discovered until the following day. Perugia was an Italian patriot who believed Leonardo's painting should have been returned to an Italian museum after having kept the Mona Lisa in his apartment for two years. 
Perugia was caught. So this was an ongoing crime. This is interesting. Perugia was caught when he attempted to sell it to the director of the Uffizi Gallery in Florence. So here's the thing. If you're really a patriot, you're like, this should be an Italian museum. <laughs> That's why it. I'm going to sell it after two years of hiding it. Come yeah. on, dude. Yeah. Your whole story's coming apart, Perugia. Ugh. He served six months in prison for the crime and was hailed for his patriotism in Italy. So he became like a folk hero for doing this. Wow. He Which, only served six months for stealing the most famous painting in the world? Isn't that something? So, uh, I've been considering stealing art, you know, but I thought, cr- I don't want to do the time. Crime, this is not so bad. Crime does pay, kids. Okay. Hawaii became our 50th state this week. Yeah. You want to know what year, John? Do you have any guesses? Hold on. Ooh, I don't want to get this wrong. I want to be at least oh, because right. my, my brain right decade at least maybe my brain's going I'm going to give you a five uh, year window no, one no, way no, or no, another no, no 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 you think you can nail it uh, I want to say Hawaii yeah hold on oh just give me a second 1880s no really? you're not even in the right century okay Nin- I was going to say ni- 1959 okay I was going to say 1950s yeah. For real. Uh-huh. But then I thought of Pearl and then Harbor. You, then you didn't, and you said 1880s. Then I, said, then I thought of Pearl Harbor, which right. is 1940s. Okay. So we weren't a state? I guess. It says when Pearl Harbor August was 21st, time? 1959. Literally, I knew 50s was in my head, cause, and then I thought. Man. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I failed you. I had the right answer. Really I was afraid it. of it because I thought of I went backwards, and I thought maybe it came with the manifest destiny. Born... This week, nineteen. By the way, our thoughts and prayers to all the folks in Hawaii. Yeah, man, yeah, what a horrible situation. Yeah, uh, born this week, nineteen thirty-six, died nineteen ninety-nine. Will Chamberlain. Wow. Uh, probably one of the most underrated because of the era that he played in. Yeah. NBA stars because there's not tons of video on him. Yeah. That modern players can see and modern kids can see. But I'll, there's a documentary about him, a three-part documentary about his life, and it's so fascinating. He was such a uh, a trailblazer in a lot of ways for modern black athletes, and he was, I mean, he's gigantic. But it's called Goliath because he had the famous quote: "Nobody roots for Goliath," because that was what he faced a lot. Right. It's like yeah. you know, he could never get the same cheers. People would cheer against the shorter players. Yeah. It was like oh, all he had to do is turn around and lay it in. Right? They made rule changes about him, like they literally made dunking a technical foul wow. because of him for a few years. There used to be a there. There was no rule that you had to stay at the free throw line when you were shooting a free throw. Yeah. So he would take a, a take off running and jump from the free throw line and dunk it. <laughs> so they had to make a rule: you have to stay at the free throw line and shoot it. So he started shooting granny style. He was not a very he good would free throw. jump. He would jump from the free throw but line. He had to run. Yeah, he would run. I thought and you do had it. to stand still at the free throw line. No, there was no rule that said it. So he kind of bent the rules, and so they had to make like. And ex, you know, expounding uh, on the rule. No, that's, a, that's a good rule. That's Shouldn't a good little piece of trivia. Free throws. No, no, I think it's all. If you can do it every time, <laughs> that's the point. That that's ever, I mean, Jordan got a fifty in the dunk contest for doing it once. He did it, you know, eight times no, it's, a game. It's very impressive. I'm just saying, a free throw. Leave Wilt alone. <laughs> uh, American Basketball Hall of Famer, of course, considered the greatest defensive player in history and holder of numerous pro basketball records, including most points in the game. John. Uh, How many points? 100 in 1962. He also played with the Harlem Globetrotters in uh, 1958 to 59. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, rest in peace, Wilt. Christopher Robin of Winnie the Pooh, which was a real person. Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin Milne, who was A.A. A. Milne's uh, son. Um, so he had a little bear character. 
<laughs> a little stuffed bear. And on his birthday, he received it. And uh, it became the inspiration for the Winnie the Pooh character. His other toys provided the inspiration for Eeyore and Piglet. Wow. So that's kind of cool that it was a real, he was a real boy. He's and his real, real and his real name, Christopher, his first yeah. and middle name became, that's kind of a cool, because I know you've written a children's book. Right. Uh, and you called one of the fish. Didn't you want to call one of the fish? No, you called it Nellie because that was Sadie's nickname. Right. That's Her right. baby name, yeah. So that was kind of a, a little, a little homage. Fin- little it's fun fish. to do when you're an author to have yeah. a little, uh, name a character after a loved one. Yeah. I noticed that I wasn't, none of the fish were named after me in that book. Um. What's that about? Well, I. John, I think Johnny's like a great name for. I can't be a. a clown, I can't be a clownfish. Uh, well, that'd be apropos. <sighs> Hateful. Yeah. Finally, John. This week is National Tooth Fairy Day. What? Yeah. That, and I wanted to ask you, what is the policy in your home? For, what was the policy? Well, that's true. If they lose teeth, if Sadie loses teeth now, it's a problem. I don't think we ever like. I think we probably used the word tooth fairy. No, but I'm saying, did they get... Yes. You didn't necessarily say tooth... Well, I guess you have to say. You have to say, but I, w- but I knew it might freak her out, the idea that someone's going to sneak in there and put something under her pillow without her knowing. Stealing that we- old bones. It's a weird... Right. It's a weird thing. So it's kind of like, hey, your tooth's out, your tooth fairy. And then she just knew there was money. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's kind of... It is odd, because you're kind of teaching your kids about spirituality at the same time. You're like, hey, Jesus is... A spirit, and he loves you. And also, there's this other spirit that comes into your room and takes bones that fell out of your head and leaves change. Both <laughs> in, of these are equally real. Right into the right. That's yeah. why we didn't we didn't <laughs> lean into Santa and stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna be careful because I do know I have I know there are people with kids who who lean into Santa. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that. But no, so yeah, so but it is interesting. I always thought it was. Because my mom did it, I think, which is really interesting to think about that my mom did it because she was very like, we didn't, we didn't do anything like that. But I think she just was like, eh, it's fun, yeah. whatever. And I think I knew it was her. She was like, it was me. I'm the tooth fairy. Yeah. <laughs> For everybody? I don't know what I thought. <laughs> but it is odd. The message it sends, it's, it's like everybody. facial disfigurement equals cash. <laughs> so, you know? Yeah. I don't have two front teeth anymore. But I am loaded. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Weird. (laughs) That's good. But so you didn't, you'd have, so you didn't have like, where would you cap it off? So you did leave change sometimes. I think we'd give her, well, I don't leave change because it could. Did it go up like as she got a little older? Now it's a dollar. I don't remember. I think the most you ever remember leaving. I don't think we left it every time after a while. I need to ask my brother what he does because uh, my niece, Nettie, she has uh, her baby teeth are coming out and I. I wonder what his max is because she's got him wrapped around her finger like little girls do. But I just wonder, like, when is it too? When is it like you left a twenty? Like, how many kids right. are getting? What are kids getting now? Bitcoin? What's going well, on? My kid has one of those green light debit cards. Oh, okay. And so, like, again, you just load it up. Handing, hey, the tooth fairy, <laughs> tooth fairy gave you. I tw- gave the tooth fairy your pin number and. <laughs> He worked it out. <laughs> he made an uh, ACH transfer. Um, yeah, I just think it's. I think it's like the. I don't think that the dollar bills yeah. mean as much to this generation because uh-huh. money has become. But it's tactile. It should mean. Yeah, you think but, it's all ones and zeros to them now? Yeah, I think it, well, it's a card. To yeah, them. it's right. a card or an Apple Pay or a Venmo or whatever. And they don't know, and that's the problem. Like you're like, oh well, every time Dad uses his phone to you pay for to, that, there's to, plenty. You, you have know? to make a Venmo account 
that's the tooth fairy. That'd be fun. Like a side. <laughs> you got to you gotta make a profile pic with you with a halo. <laughs> You've got a filter on your, you blur your face out a little bit. That's great. Yeah. Hey, uh, Tooth Fairy sent you money on cash app. You get like, a, you get like text alert in class. What the heck? That'd be great. You set up something like, hey, look, if you would like to subscribe to, tooth, to, to the Tooth Fairy, yeah. and then so uh, she can send you money, then you need to turn off notifications right. for the Tooth Fairy. Text this to 100 whatever. <laughs> oh, that's great. I don't know. T00. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. That's good. You know what time it is when it's time to go to the dentist, right? It's two thirty. Two thirty. Two thirty. That's one of my favorite yeah. dad of all the dad jokes. Yeah, I think that one's your It's well thought out. If you're two thirty. You go to the. Yeah, I'm sure everyone's heard that. I apologize to end the show on such a lame note. <laughs> Sorry. Put your shoes back on, everybody. The show's over. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, you can now shoe back up. Recess with your teeny is, shoes. Recess is over. Get back into your real lives. <laughs> Hey, uh, but do send us, as Johnny said, any questions, comments, leave reviews. Check out the the website at talkaboutthatpodcast.com. You can look at johnnyw.com. Yeah, you know, I want to say this about the podcast. We're growing. We're getting our we're, our listenership is growing, which yeah. we're very proud of. And just keep spreading the word because uh, the legion of fans, the army, Ugh. the talk about that army. We need a name for our fans. The talkers, the no. the chatty Cathy's. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, banter you, you, <laughs> you people are amazing and we appreciate you very much yeah means a lot and uh, lots of exciting things coming in the future as well so just keep on listening we'll see you next week on talk about that My name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.